0: Prosecution and Duncan Hunter's campaign finance scandal have released their sentencing memorandum today. The document provides even more detail into how Duncan and his wife Margaret misspent a quarter million dollars on everything from routine expenses to an Italian vacation. At the same time, Hunter told national television audiences and local supporters that he did nothing wrong, claiming he was the victim of a witch hunt cooked up by his political enemies. The hundreds of pages of evidence show the congressman was actively obfuscating his role in the campaign finance scandal. Today is Wednesday, March 11th. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Morgan Cook, you're part of the watchdog team at the Union-Tribune. And as this Duncan Hunter case comes to a close, we're receiving a little bit more information. What is this new document that we recently received that details what the prosecution is saying?
1: Right. So the prosecution has submitted a sentencing memo to the U.S. District Court um, to sort of lay out what it describes as a expansive factual summary of the criminal conduct underlying the um, the conspiracy charge to which former Representative Hunter has pleaded guilty.
0: So basically it's This is what we think the crimes exactly were, and this is what we recommend for the punishment for those said crimes, right?
1: Correct. So, it's sort of a way for them to kind of take all the receipts and lay them out on the table. Literally, there are a lot of receipts in the exhibit.
0: Yeah, because this entire crime was misspending of campaign finance funds, so there would be a literal paper trail.
1: Right, and years and years of it, too.
0: So what were some new pieces of information that were kind of shown in this document? Because throughout this entire multi-year process, we have only gotten little kind of small pieces of what's going on, while well, this is a more comprehensive view of the crime.
1: Right. It, it talks about, you know, exactly what was purchased and exactly what they told the Federal Election Commission was purchased, um, and about within the campaign treasurers trying to say, we think this spending is a problem, we think this spending is a problem, this is, you know, um, you can only use campaign money for official or campaign purposes and it has to be the primary purpose. And, you know, they tried to intervene repeatedly uh, and get information about the expenses and you sort of see this back and forth And just the hunters seemed resistant to that.
0: Because if I remember correctly, the first phase of kind of the misspending as it happened, all of the people within kind of the usual positions said, hey, this is not great. And then after some time, Hunter's wife, Margaret, became involved. And then that kind of discussion went away, right?
1: Um. The the questionable spending started with Margaret Hunter, mm-hmm. um, and it appeared based on these emails and things, in, you know, included in the exhibits, that she was making the bulk of the expenditures. Uh, but Hunter uh, was aware of them. He, you know, they, with their financial condition being uh, as bad as it was, there is no way that he could not have been aware according to prosecutors.
0: And according to the prosecution, can you explain what their financial situation was like?
1: They had no assets to speak of. They uh, had gotten, I think they owed um, quite a bit of money on their house. Um, They were constantly overdrawing their checking account, you know, getting five-digit, fees mm-hmm. for overdrawing their checking accounts um and you know the the prosecutors say uh hunter would have to ask his wife about every little expenditure uh even as small as nail clippers and so you know they were very aware of their situation financially um and there they knew that they could not afford the uh the expenses that they used campaign money to fund.
0: And in this uh, sentencing recommendation, how do they characterize the fact that Hunter said multiple times that he was never wrong until he pleaded guilty? How does that play into the sentencing recommendation, given that he had that years-long period of denial?
1: That period of denial, I think, factors in in a kind of significant way. Um, Because, you know, prosecutors are saying he blamed his wife, he blamed his child, he denied culpability, he denied criminal action, he fought this uh, indictment for more than a year, Mm -hmm. um, and, you you know, what he said as far as, you know, this being a politically motivated witch hunt and fake news uh, is damaging to To democracy because it wasn't true, and he was in a position of public trust.
0: Certainly, and the whole reason why we have campaign finance laws is that so individuals can't literally buy congresspeople and use that money as, as a tool to get whatever they want.
1: Right. I mean, when people are in financial distress, um, they sub- people who help them financially uh, can you know, they feel good towards those people. They, feel, mm-hmm. they have good feelings towards those people. And if those people are campaign contributors who might have something to gain from the government, the lawmaker could help them, maybe they're contractors or what have you, um, you know, then there's a risk that if, if that money is being used for the lawmaker to pay their everyday bills, that they might, you know, be taking that person's calls and seeing if they can help them when they need help.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wouldn't want a congressperson that only listens to some people and not others. And that's exactly what can happen. Yes. So in this sentencing recommendation, what is the recommendation for the sentence?
1: Prosecutors are recommending the upper end of the range that was included in the uh, plea agreement. And so they are recommending 11 months in prison and no fine. He could face up to a $250,000 fine, but prosecutors are recommending no fine because of, you know, it doesn't seem like they have enough money to pay. Um, and then Hunter's attorneys are recommending to the court that he serve whatever sentence you know the court decides on, uh, but that he serve it at home. And so uh, they were thinking home confinement with... You know a thousand hours of community service i believe and their their argument is that you know he did hunter did a lot of really important really great things he touched lives for people uh as a lawmaker he helped people out of for them terrible situations um he he served he volunteered for the marines after 9 11 he served his country and so you know, they're saying there's a cost to that, for mm-hmm. a personal cost to that, and also, you know, he he made a mistake, but he is a man of of good character.
0: Hmm. But in the end, this is all up to the judge, correct? Correct. Hmm. It's certainly interesting how you know when it comes down to it, all of these things are weighed to determine a sentence for a crime like this, but. What do we know about Margaret Hunter? Because she agreed to, uh, to uh, you know, she pled guilty months before uh, Duncan Hunter did.
1: Yes, she too uh, pleaded guilty. She pleaded guilty in June to the same count that Hunter pleaded guilty to, so um, conspiracy to illegally convert campaign funds to personal use. Um, and she faces up to five years in prison as well, but she agreed to cooperate with prosecutors she had some other reductions for other reasons and so uh, she's probably looking at less than five years. Margaret Hunter is scheduled to be sentenced April 7th.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's likely that of the two whatever happens Duncan Hunter will likely face the longer punishment likely.
1: You know I'm not sure about that because Mm -hmm. she pleaded guilty to uh using a larger amount of money than he did Mm -hmm. um so and i mean it's you can see that she was you know probably swiping the credit card more often but they were both swiping the credit card they were both signing they both knew what was going on um but she did it you know she was the hand that swiped the Mm -hmm.
0: most so when will we actually know what the sentence is
1: we could know uh as soon as march 17th at the sentencing hearing
0: and any other are there any other lingering questions or things that are yet unanswered in this story that you've been working on for years
1: i mean personal interest personal curiosity sure there are lots of rabbit holes i would love to go down uh but you know i, I really feel like um I feel kind of satisfied, uh, you know, more so than, I guess, two days ago, because we now know more. And I really, all this time, I've really just been wanting to know what happened. Like, Mm -hmm. I really have just been wanting to know what happened, because, you know, I I knew that I could only see it through this little keyhole of public records. I didn't have subpoena powers, I couldn't get receipts. Um, So I've always wondered what the big picture really looks like, and the bigger the picture gets for me, the more information that's out there, the more satisfied I feel. And this kind of moves in that direction.
0: Yeah. This whole story has been like one giant puzzle and it's just piece by piece fall together and this is kind of as complete a picture as we've ever seen throughout this entire story.
1: Yeah. It's, well, we we saw, we've, we've gathered a lot of um, this information, but not in as much detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of interesting that way.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one thing when you hear, like, just a line in a story, but when you see the whole story of how this thing unfolded, it's, you know, from a human aspect, just more interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Morgan
1: Cook, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: In other news, the World Health Organization formally declared the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. The move signals the severity of the disease, which is spreading globally. In San Diego County, Target and Ralph's have begun limiting sales of items such as hand sanitizer and cold and flu products. And a new San Diego Union-Tribune 10 News poll says that about one in five San Diego County residents have purchased extra items in preparation for the disease's spread. More than 60% of respondents are extremely or somewhat concerned about the pandemic. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekday evenings. With spring training starting, Hot Lava returns for its third season. Listen to UT Sports Editor Jay Posner and Padre's beat writer Kevin Acey to discuss the preseason. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to UnionTribune.com podcasts. Until next time.